Welcome, welcome, welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And um, we uh, stream live at those times. Where? At richarddugan.com. Where else? We podcast these programs, uh, and I should say that we post these programs on a podcast site called SoundCloud that is then distributed to uh, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and a whole bunch of other locations across the net. Too numerous to mention. And then, of course, we uh, we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. You can you get to know us a little bit better by seeing our faces, and uh, and that's a good thing because uh, we need to we need to um, connect with one another, and that's what we're doing on this program with our very special guest today. We also ask that if you can support the work that we are doing here on a financial level, we would greatly appreciate that. Whatever you can do, we have a PayPal account, and it is there for your security as well as ours. And we ask that you spend some time going within and listening to that still small voice during this. Yes, it still is the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. With all of that said, I have a really interesting program that I'm going to be listening to a lot here throughout this program with our guest. And we're going to be talking about uh, how you can live your most extraordinary life. And we want to uh, welcome you to your healing journey with my guest, Maria Martinez. Happiness, abundance, prosperity, wealth, energy, love, health, and vitality. Wow, that's an awful lot there, uh, Maria. Thank you for being with us and sharing all of this with us. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here with everyone. I got to tell you, when I have guests on the program who... Uh, share their perspectives, not just on life, but also uh, on their way of life and how they have transformed their lives. Although there are those who come into this world entering a, a transformative, shall we say, phase of existence in terms of in this lifetime. If somehow and and I'd like to think that I'm one of them as as you are as well, who somehow we picked the right family, the right parents, the the right lineage that allows us to, in a manner of speaking, continue where we left off when we left this earth, this planet uh, the last time. Uh, is that kind of how you uh, is that how you look at it at all? I do. I do. I'm. I believe that we come in and we enroll ourselves family to have certain experiences to help us with the evolution of our soul in the human experience. And we complete whatever we're able to complete to the level of awakening that we're able to get to. And then we come in again, oftentimes with the same soul family, or we enroll others as well to come into the next journey to continue the evolution of our soul. And really, that's kind of what we're talking about here is that evolutionary process. And we want to try to make it, uh, there's a part of me that sits here going, can we make it simpler? 
And there's a part of me that's going, I don't think we could make it any simpler than it already is if we would just kind of wake up, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so that's a really good question because I actually do get that question often in in just the similar different fashions. Can we make it simpler? And the key is to what you said is the awakening. And the awakening is closing the gap between the illusion that we're living into and the truth, the truth of our creation, and then finding our way back to that truth and then living from that place and seeing ourselves as you know the heroes of our story and how do we want to play out the story in the most joyful, the most loving, the most compassionate way, embodying, owning our power and learning along, along the way, as well as contributing and serving others along the way. And that is, at least for me, a, a major focal point, and that is serving others. Um, when I was first starting out in this business and I was working, uh, the first station I ever worked for was a radio reading service for the blind and visually impaired. I was also a client at the time, too, being legally blind at that time. But I have to tell you that working with the volunteers, as well as many of the listeners who would call in or sometimes even drop by when they pick up their receivers, and that's what you needed back then in 79, 1980. Uh, there was such a, a joyful energy in the station in particular, because we all really did believe, and I still to this day believe that that is the ultimate format, which is now available literally to everybody. Whether you you get it through, for example, recorded books called Audible. I know there are other names by other companies, you know, that that also distribute uh, uh, recorded books. But I was listening to, as the phrase goes, I was listening to Audible before Audible was cool. <laughs> uh, it was uh, recordings for the blind and talking books. But there was such there was such a thrill to be serving and providing information. And that's kind of what I'm still doing here today with you, having you, not me, <laughs> provide the information. You made an interesting distinction when before we started on this program, and I'd really like to start there. And, and this ties into um, the, the, the comment earlier about uh, how sometimes we, we kind of pick up where we left off uh, from the last lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, you are not a shaman by training. But you are a shaman by, am I got this right, by birth? Um, by birth and initiation. Okay. So, yes. So just to add a little bit more to that, mm -hmm. I was born with my gifts open, I mean, or awake. Um, I was aware of my gifts from a very early on age, um, young as I can remember, four or five years old, but probably younger than that. And I started already at that point mentoring with my angels and my guides, though I didn't know that I was being mentored by them because I was having so many interactions with them in many different ways, like astral travel, uh, going into other dimensions, um, helping other spirits. So we at that point, I was working with the spirit of the individual versus the the human, the, the mind and the energy in the body. Mm -hmm. And so that was my very early on um and in in that realization, once I realized that I was having these experiences and I shared that with my mom, that I also learned that uh, my grandparents were shaman. And I also, in that process, uh, continued to do ceremonies of initiation from, I would say, the ages of eight or nine into that 
uh, sort of that that community, that awareness, that culture, um, that place of connection with spirit. And since then, it has my gifts have developed in many different ways. Um, the healing aspect of my work is the foundation of what I do. And then, of course, then I work with other things like uh, money consciousness, wealth consciousness, um, energy, vibration, uh, reprogramming the, the mind. So from there, it expanded into other things. I know that uh, there have been moments when, and it started probably when I was a kid go growing up, uh, going to Catholic school, and then, of course, mass and all of that. I I I want I want to be a priest when I grow up, you know. I mean, it was just it was just one of those things, and I think that it was a broader sense of I need to be involved in more of a spiritual way, metaphysical way, <clears throat> and uh, at the age of seventeen, I read for the first time my metaphysical primer, autobiography of a yogi, and of course, then thinking, I wonder if I could become a yogi or something along those lines and thinking, no, no, no. After reading the book, realizing that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, you're not called to that. Did you feel from the beginning that you were called to this life, this life, not only of service, but of, uh, of spiritual service, as you just said, you know, you're, you're dealing with people, individuals on the soul level rather than the physical, mental and emotional level. I think I realized that later, um, especially when I started sharing with my parents, uh, my interactions with spirit, with angels, um, with the ascended masters, that they explained to me, you know, that we come from a lineage of very gifted healers. And so at that point, I felt like that's when I started to realize that that was part of my calling, that. I was here for that reason, although at that point I still didn't really know how to express it in the um, physical sense, meaning that I have a lot of processes. I, I relied a lot on the guidance of my angels and my guides at that point, which you know, whenever we went to retrieve a soul or whenever we went to free um, a spirit that was trapped somewhere in a different dimension, they always gave me the tools. They were always there guiding me through the process. So at that point, it was sort of this natural relationship that I had with them that I always knew that I would know what to do in that moment because they were always there. So later, later, I would say in my college years, um, I wasn't experimenting with anything. Um, I was actually very, um, I would say, innocent to the world. I didn't really know a lot of what was uh, going on in the world because I was raised very sheltered. And when I went to college, a lot of visitors started coming in from different dimensions, high dimensions, low dimensions. And it just became a little bit disruptive for my college life. And I came home and I told my mom, I said, I have to do something about this. I know this is not going away. So I need to be able to work with it and have some level of command and mastery over it. And that's when I started my Aksha training. So my first mentor was about 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And she was she was a shaman as well. So I, that's where I started training. And it was um, more about how to harness my gifts that I already had and how to work with uh, my guides and my angels to support me. And um, also to lean more into that trust as well, that knowing that was already there that came with me from my other lifetimes, mm -hmm. that, that level of knowing of 
uh, of the unknown, the level of knowing of the divine and source and universe. And uh, this this opens up <clears throat> this opens up access to uh, quite a quite a list, if you will, uh, of of I'll say entities, if you will. For example, uh, you know, you talk about your guides, you know, including Michael, Raphael, Metatron, Jesus, Mother mm -hmm. Mary, Mary Magdalene, other ascended masters. You also explore other dimensions, realms, universes, and galaxies, as well as uh, having visitors. Uh, like the Council of Light, which I have heard of, the goddesses and ETs uh, that, of course, also help uh, and further develop your gifts uh, through uh, different downloads, activations, ast astral projection, remote viewing, uh, and so forth. I, I, I myself, after reading about um, bilocation in autobiography, I'm going, you know, I'd like to do that. I'd like to be here and to Ireland and then somehow get the here in Santa Barbara over to Ireland so I can reunite the, uh, the two into one. <laughs> Cause that's where I, I really truly desire to be. It's such a, a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, but you have been doing this uh, for, for the better part of your life. And uh, we're here on this program to share that with the folks. Maria Martinez, my guest, by the way, the website is three, six, zero prosperity.com 360, three, six, zero prosperity.com which we will be linked to as we continue here on tell me your story i'm richard dugan your host we're here with maria martinez and one of the things that i find so fascinating as we continue this conversation is you list of course among those who are there to support and assist and facilitate you on the other side or in spirit as as we like to say is mary magdalene and quite honestly, I find it fascinating and rather ironic that the patriarch, uh, uh, patriarchal aspects of the church back then decided to leave any references of Mary, the Mary Magdalene, who was the first human to recognize the resurrected Christ. It wasn't the men. They were walking around in the group going, oh, God, I can't believe our best friend is dead. And he comes along and they're basically, and I paraphrase, I'm not King Jimmy here. Could you show us to the nearest bar? We need to we need we need to drown our sorrows. Uh, you know, they didn't even know who he was. So I'm sitting here going, Peter should not have been if we want to go down this path. Uh, the first, uh, uh, you know, the rock. It should have been Mary Magdalene because she recognized who he was. Matter of fact, she went to touch his garment. He said, no, 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 no. I throw this in. The paint isn't dry yet. Hold on. Don't touch me yet. Talk to me about, talk to us about the, not the superior aspect of the feminine, because that's not what it's about. It's about the blending. It's about the balance, but about the importance in both men as well as women of recognizing the importance of the feminine in their spirituality that that there is a blend there is a balance mm -hmm. and that we do need both mm -hmm. oh thank you for asking that and that is that is um something that it's important something that, that I, we when we find that balance of the feminine and the masculine there's actually a big shift so in in society we're trained to be in the masculine which is very competitive very driven very doing 
And in the feminine, we are more creative. Uh, we're more creative, we're more nurturing. Uh, and when we have that blend of the masculine and the feminine, then we actually can access our creativity and our drive and our follow through. Uh, the work that we do. So if we can imagine being energy, when we work directly with the masculine, we're using half of that energy. When we work only with the feminine, we're using half of that energy. When we work with both the masculine and the feminine, the balance of that, and we use the qualities complementary to each other, then we are really flowing in that infinite source energy that is the balance of the masculine and the feminine. And when we come forth from the mass, the feminine, which I like to call the goddess energy, there's an expansion of energy within us or an expansion of our field that happens. And in that expansion, it's like unlocking a deeper level of passion and creativity that allows us to actually feel the masculine side of us. It allows us to go further than we've ever been because now again we're complementing and we're compounding the energy that we're using by using those qualities the drive and the creativity the um uh, the follow-through and then the nurturing the and we balance also the competitive nature because in the feminine energy is more abundant there is always enough for everyone in the flow of those two energies we feel more grounded we feel more like ourselves. We also can be more heart-centered, but also mm -hmm. we can be in our our fire. We can use our heart and we can use our fire as well to move forward ever we're here to create. It's a beautiful blend of it's a beautiful blend of our beingness that comes through when we embody both the masculine and the feminine. We are we it's it's like we are exponentially allowing our energy the flow of energy to move through our bodies i grew up in a family does that make sense yes it does i grew up in a family with four sisters and one brother and a mother and a father so myself my dad and my brother we were outnumbered but not in a bad way and i learned a lot from both my mother and my sisters. Do you find that there are more people today here in the 23rd, uh, the, the uh, 23rd year of the 21st century? <laughs> I don't know why I put it like that. Uh, who are starting to get it, that are starting to understand, uh, you know, that, that this is not a competition. As a matter of fact, Greg Braden had a great, uh, statement when we had him on the program many years ago um, uh, he talked about how there was a scientific experiment to show <clears throat> the level they, they kind of looked at it from the standpoint of productivity uh, but a little bit more than that and what they found was that there was a greater productivity when you were cooperative rather than competitive and i've always felt that way no matter what radio station i've ever worked with and people would say as me the being the operations mentor, don't you care about your don't you care about what uh, uh, your your uh, competitors, your rivals are doing? I said, well, first of all, they aren't my competitors or rivals. They're doing one thing and I'm doing another. My job isn't to compete with them and make us better than them. My job is to make us better yet today than we were yesterday, and then when we get to tomorrow, to make us better than we were today. And I look at myself in the same fashion. 
even though there's always going to be somebody out there that's a better interviewer, a better editor, a better producer or whatever than me. There's also, there are also people who need to learn and I need to be there to ready to teach them too. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that that aspect, that mindset, if you will, is maybe starting to take hold. And that, that to me is the only, that's the one thing, uh, although there will be those who say love, uh, but that's the one thing to me that will uh, actually dispel or neutralize, if you will, this polarization. Yeah, I agree that there has been a greater level of awakening, uh, more collaboration, uh, more partnerships, um, more support. I think as it, as a whole, mass consciousness is moving in that direction to more of uh, unity. Unity, and that's more of the feminine, um, less of the competition, but more into abundance. I think we were so used to being in that lack and scarcity and efforting and competition and having to prove ourselves that that created a lot of that doingness in the masculine form or in masculine energy. And now that we're moving into abundances for everyone, it's available to us. And we are here to be the best version of ourselves. There's been a big shift to that um, oneness, to collaboration, to feeling more abundant within us. Because a lot of the competition comes from not feeling enough, wanting to be better than somebody else. So we're moving into we are enough. So that's creating more of that space of uh, unity, creativity, one love. So I would say it's a beautiful shift that we're all moving into. Maria Martinez, my guest here on the program. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for being with us here on the program as we continue talking with Maria Martinez about this aspect of um, basically living your uh, your most, uh, shall we, I don't want to say your most productive life, but I guess better way to put it is living on purpose. Uh, you channel divine source intelligence to facilitate powerful healing and transformation. One of the things about transformation, uh, Maria, that I have kind of uh, gleaned from uh, um, the comments of, uh, uh, of, of Jesus, uh, the Christ, <clears throat> is um, where he was talking with his disciples who wanted to learn how to do all of those miracles, you know, of turning water into wine and raising the dead and healing the sick and so forth and so on. He says, oh, this, I'll forget about it. Sure, I'll show you how to do it, but that's nothing compared to what you guys are going to do. You're going to do greater works than this. And to me, the greater work is that word, transformation, transforming our lives. And that's what you're all about is helping people to do just that. Um, are you seeing, and and I know that there's all this, this aspect of, of uh, divine right timing and the right people and the people come to you who are ready. Um, in conversations with some of the folks that you have worked with, what has been, if they've shared this, and I hope they have, their changing connection with their community, their family, their friends, their co-workers, because either you draw people into you because they like the transformation that they see, or they don't, and they just can't get far enough away from you fast enough. 
um, some of them have shared their experiences and they have been very positive in terms of drawing people in uh, in a different way. It's almost like forming a new relationship with people around you because you are a different person. So who we are, we had certain agreements, certain relationships, for certain interactions, we related a certain way. And now what they're finding is that things are a lot easier in their life. The relationships that were difficult are a lot easier. Um, getting promotions are a lot easier because of where they are in their belief system, as well as who they are now internally and how they're resonating out or reflecting that energy out into the world. Um, they're making different friends and new friends at a deeper level. So the level of vulnerability and intimacy is there um, at a deeper level, as well as their own personal relationships. So there is there's this beautiful ripple effect that is happening as they're transforming and they're showing up differently. The people are also showing up differently for them. And then the people are sort of being drawn in to also come into the space. So basically they're being a beacon, holding that vibration and the people are, are rising up and meeting them where they are and are doing their own transformation in different ways. Some is mm -hmm. directly and some is um, maybe just starting with a new perspective of life or a new way of showing up, being kinder, being more helpful, being more of service, um, just choosing to be um, have a good day, have a good time. So it's a, it's again, it's a beautiful effect, you know, like the butterfly effect. We, you know, everything, everything that we step into, every shift in that shift in action that we take, then that creates um, an, a new environment, a new reality. Mm. Well, that's kind of what this program is all about: new paradigms for a new world. Uh, I, uh, as a young kid going to school, I was told. You know, in terms of what you want to do with your life, you know, don't don't go to that extent of I want to change the world because it's too big. Well, guess what? I'm now 63 and I want to change the world, <laughs> but I want to change it for the better for all. Um, let's talk a little bit about how our choices and, and what role, as you see it, our choices play in creating that new paradigm, in creating that better place for all. And is that is that a utopian dream that is too idealistic and too naive? Or from or do you think that that's something that is absolutely possible? Oh, that's absolutely possible. I, I believe that we are the creators. When we realize that and we start making choices that are in alignment with who we are or that make us happy or that move us closer to a mission or purpose, then we are putting down the building blocks to that new reality. And that, you know, if we think about the choices that we make up until this morning, it led to a certain experience, to a certain reality. Even prior to today, uh, you and I meeting, then getting together in the show, all of that, all of those were choices. This is our now reality. If we realize that we are creating our reality and we can step back and look at, well, what reality do I want to create? And then we look at the choices that we have in front of us. If I make this choice, is that going to get me closer to my reality, my ideal life? If we, if I make that choice, is that going to be in my highest good and the highest good of all? So when we look at what's in front of us and then we choose what makes us happy, we choose what's in the highest good, we choose uh, what's in the highest good for all, then we begin to 
create that foundation of our next level of our reality that is up-leveled from where we are at currently. And if we continue to do that, then we continuously transform that reality into our ideal life. And by, we, by that time we know it, we're already there. Now, the choices are a big piece of that because it starts with that choice. But then after that choice is the action. So we want to make sure we align our action with our choices, because oftentimes we may say yes, and then something comes up and, and doesn't allow us to move forward. Fear, doubt, insecurities, or old patterns or old behaviors, that will prevent us from taking that action. So first we want to make the choice, and then we want to align our action with that choice. And when we're aligning that action, we're also aligning that behavior. So mm. we're also reprogramming ourselves internally in that process to match that new choice and alignment and that step forward and foundation that we're building. And again, by the time we know it, we're a new person. We're the next best version of ourselves. We're living a new life. And now we're relating in the world very differently because we work through those things that could cause sabotage, like fear and doubt and insecurity as we continue to make our choices and stay in alignment with what we truly desire. You help people to raise their vibration and hold the frequency of infinite abundance, wealth, and prosperity, and finally create their fulfilled life. I want to talk about that as we continue, but I also want to incorporate into that this other concept that I remember uh, some years ago talking about, the secret. We'll do that as we continue talking with Maria Martinez here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and... Uh, we are uh, in a fascinating conversation here about uh, creating your fulfilled life, finding your life's purpose and so forth. Um, there there was a, a, a DVD, which I still have, and I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm familiar with the concepts, uh, obviously, uh, of The Secret. And one of my guests following the release of that said that they left something out. Now, they didn't do it on purpose, but you stated it already uh, as what they left out. And that is what is for my highest good. And if you want to throw it in there and the highest good of all. And it's, and, and so when I think about all of this, I'm going, well, I'm not really interested in owning a yacht or my own jet airplane or a fleet of cars or a mansion, or I, I just, that's not, that's not me. You know, would I like to have more zeros in front of the decimal point in my bank account? Sure, that'd be terrific. But I've lived here for 63 years without that. And guess what? I'm still here. You know, that kind of thing. So let's talk a little bit about that in terms of this whole aspect of finding that infinite abundance, wealth, prosperity, and final, uh, finally creating uh, our fulfilled life or finding our life's purpose in order to do that in order to fulfill uh to live a fulfilled life uh yes uh, i wanted to add one more thing regarding the choice, choices that we were talking about oh please yes the first i think the, the most important choice that we want to make is to shift from where we are and that choice is to no longer settle because then that takes us into the higher level of abundance so when we're making choices, we're, you know, every day we make a lot of choices uh, with relationships or work, with work and even what we are eating um, for, and also for our children. So in order to change our life, 
we get to look at and go into the clarity or have clarity about what is really the vision that we want to live into. Once we have that clear vision, then where we are, we make that decision that this life is not the life that we want to live, that we're no longer going to settle or that uh, we are no longer going to tolerate less than what we deserve. And that's mm -hmm. really the first choice that we make because then we can start up leveling from there. Now, when we move into abundance or when we start moving into abundance, the first thing is the choice of choosing abundance every day because abundance comes in many different ways. It's not just monetary, is having the freedom or having choices or being happy. So we make the choice of abundance in every area of your life, which starts with, I'm happy being me. And to be happy to be you is to accept yourself for who you are, to feel enough, feel worthy and feel valuable. So there's that other piece of abundance that's really important is you, you being happy with where you are, you loving yourself for who you are, you feeling enough and feeling worthy, knowing that you're worthy. So feeling and knowing worthy are the key because abundance is not outside us, it's actually within us. And mm. trying to get abundance outside is efforting, is actually leaning a lot into the masculine energy and a lot of efforting, a lot of doing, a lot of trying. However, when we find that balance as well in the feminine, the feminine energy is very abundant. So when we lean back into that feminine energy and we, and we go into the heart space and we realize our, who we are as creation, as creation, abundance is already within us. We were created from that source. So abundance is actually the particles of who we are. And when we come back to that knowing and we come back to that self-belief and we start living from that place, which means that I have nothing to prove out in the world. And we let go of the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of everything else that keeps us from having. Then we start moving into that place of abundance. So it's abundance, it's gratitude, it's joy, it's happiness, and it's feeling enough and embodying our self-worth. And our self-worth is creation within us, is, is source within us, is universe within us. So there is that shift of going from the outside to the inside and then seeing ourselves as divine beings, seeing ourselves as abundant light beings, mm. and then operating from the place, making choices from that place moving forward and leaning into that partnership with the divine. So when we talk about divine timing, there is that divine timing, but it's more about I trust and I completely surrender to my divine partnership. So I do what I can and I take guided action and I stay in alignment with my dreams, my desires, my vision, and I let source do the rest for me. Mm. So there is that beautiful, powerful, surrender and radical trust that happens that divine partnership that happens uh to access more but it starts with you you knowing that when you were created you were gifted you were blessed with your divine fortune and it's just been waiting to be unlocked it's just been waiting to be made available to you what's the connection between what you've just stated and uh, the example Jesus in the in the Gospels uh, gave to the disciples and his followers who 
they were all bent out of shape, as my father would say. They were all bent out of shape over uh, not knowing where where they were going to get their next meal, where they were going to lay their head that night, where they were going to, what clothes they were going to wear, et cetera, et cetera. And he pointed to nature. He pointed to the birds and the trees and basically said, hey, look, they don't work. They don't toil. Not Not in the context of what we're talking about here. And yet, look, they're taken care of. They're they're having families. They're raising children and so forth, bringing in new offspring and so forth. What are you worried about? Just calm down, you know. And this uh, leads to a story I was told, and I'm not even going to go into the story. Basically, it is uh, the the premise of it is that we always have exactly what we need when we need it. That the universe, uh, and of course, this comes down to trusting. True, uh, the universe always. Uh, ha- provides and and I'm I'm a prime example of that because I'm 63 years old. I've been through like a lot of other people a lot of financial, specifically financial struggles. I've been through relationship struggles as well. Uh, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing, eating, uh, having fun, playing, doing the work that I love doing, etc., etc., etc. You know, and and. So my my comment to the universe every time I start to get into my head and emotions about these things, trust, trust the universe. You've trusted this far. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, what about what about that aspect in 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 that? Again, we we could sit here and define abundance. We could define wealth. We could define prosperity. But I, I have a feeling those three words in particular, they are somewhat ambiguous or or at least to the extent that's not what's really relevant. In other words, it's not the like you just said, it's not the dollars that are in our bank account or the things that we have. It goes so far beyond uh, anything that we could intellectually comprehend. Mm-hmm. So to go back to your original question, terms of how does this relate to the story that you share? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What you said is trust and not just trusting in the divine, but trusting that you'll be taken care of and also noticing the abundance all around us. There's so much abundance. And if we notice the abundance every day in however it shows up, whether it's somebody opening the door, whether it's somebody uh paying for a cup of coffee or somebody uh, greeting you with a smile, that's abundance, that's joy, that's happiness. And when we start from that place, then that becomes amplified as we continue to hold that frequency, as we recognize, as we recognize it, then it becomes amplified. And the other part of that is trust. Trust in yourself and trust in the divine. And especially in those times where we're really stressed and there's something that we need to figure out or we're facing um, some financial challenge. We take a deep breath. We look at it and we take it one step at a time and we do what we can do. We leave the rest to God's source universe and then the answer will reveal itself. It will always work out for you if you take that approach. When we worry, when we go into fear, we actually amplify the challenge of it. But when we take a deep breath, and we focus on what can I do in this moment? And we take that first step and then the next step and the next step, it works out for us. 
And sometimes magically, meaning like it just disappears. There's no more challenge. Um, and to add to what is abundance, prosperity, well, and in reality, there is a definition, but we also have our own individual definition of it. When I look at these different, I, call, I look at them as energy. So when I look at these different energies or frequencies, they look different for different people, depending on how we're relating to them. So when I look at somebody that's been struggling with money, a lot of times abundance just feels flat. It looks like it, you know, a flat energy that hasn't been activated in their field. And then we look at what is, why is it, why is it abundance not activated in their field? Why is it not showing up? And a lot of times that has to do with the belief system. Sometimes it has to do with the stories they developed around abundance. Sometimes it has to do with their self-worth. And the, and the reasons are similar for the other ones, but they also look different. So prosperity may look very different and wealth may look, may look very different based on how we individually see it. So again, when I'm looking at a group, I look at the group as a whole. And when I look at the individual, I look at the relationship the individual has with money, with abundance, with wealth and prosperity. And we also have a way of separating them. That's why I look at them individually. But in reality, they are all a form of love, right? They're a form of love and they're a form of support from the universe. So if we switch, if we took away the conditions from all of them, and we began to look at them as love and support from the universe, then we start to build a different relationship. Or if even if we saw them as, uh, for instance, abundance like a puppy or money as a puppy, what does the puppy want to do? They want to bring you love. They want to play with you. They want to make you happy. Uh, they bring you gifts. They just want to be there for you. And if we develop that relationship with money, wealth, and prosperity, now they're showing up when we need them. Now we can lean into them because they're reliable. They will always be there in many different ways, whether whether a check shows up in your account, whether somebody calls you that who owed you money, now they want to pay you, uh, whether an opportunity shows up for you. It shows up because now you're open to it. Now you're open to receive it. Now you're open to have that interaction with it. Now you're open for it to serve you and support you in the way that it's meant to. We are talking with Maria Martinez. Her website is 360prosperity.com. And this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Maria Martinez, I want to talk about <clears throat> something that uh, I've I've heard a little bit about these different states. Uh, but um, and and no, they're not part of the contiguous United States. We're talking about the five states of consciousness. Can we go through those? So, can you tell us what are those five states? Um, so, the first state of consciousness is the not knowing, like we're in the dream state, right? We are kind of just going with the flow. We're not really conscious. Uh, we're not really aware. We're not really aware. We're more in the doing, and we're more in the survival mode. Mm -hmm. Um, the next level of consciousness is when we begin to come into our awareness, where we realize that there's something more than the life that we've been living. Um, and we begin to sort of start looking for a different way. Then we move into the awakening. In the awakening level, now there's there are there's a shift happening with us. Right? There's a, a shift happening with us. And in that shift, we're noticing and we even have a connection. We're experiencing 
at different variations, source or expensive energy. Uh, we're even living into more of the abundance, more into um, the more into unconditional love. So we're more aware, and we're, we're now we're awake, and we can see. We begin to observe ourselves and observe everyone around us. Then we move into the embodiment, and the embodiment is now we're beginning to embody different aspects of ourselves. Maybe a more conscious self. We begin to embody more mastery of ourselves. Not quite there yet, but we move into uh, holding more of the vibration. Uh, let's say that we are that our practice has been trust. So now in the embodiment, we're embodying more of that trust as we're connecting to people. We are embodying more happiness, we our joy. We feel more happy and joyful every day. We don't get so um, disturbed when we're triggered. And then we move into mastery. Mastery is you're in complete observation of yourself. You're in connection with the divine. You can you understand divine intelligence within you. You see everybody as unconditional love, and you see them in their magnificence, and you see everywhere where they are. And then mastery. So mastery is really interesting because mastery you can be in self mastery and not be very um, gift, meaning like you're you're not really uh, a healer or a spiritual being in the healing sense. Um, your is just your practice so it could be your practice and mastery you're mastering your meditation you're mastering uh, having downloads or your connection interaction with source you're mastering your emotions as your as the world is happening around you uh you're mastering your mind and then there's the other aspect of mastering where where you're more into your light body meaning you are expressing your gifts and your 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 maybe channeling, you're a healer, you're facilitating, you're bringing in higher frequencies and vibrations, maybe you're a channeling source, um, and you're in that mastery, that's a choice. Now, not to say that, you know, like for instance, when I came into this world, uh, my, my gifts were completely open and I was aware of them, but I wasn't in mastery of them. So my journey has been to go into mastery of them. So those are the, the, that's one way of describing the levels of consciousness. And moving into mastery is the evolution of your soul. Moving into mastery is you observing your journey and noticing the lessons in life and integrating those lessons with ease and flow without being triggered, without being um, taken into the emotion and going into the spiral of the emotions. You're more in observation. And you're, it's as if you were watching it in a movie screen and you choose to participate when you feel it's the best time to participate in that movie. Hmm. Well, and that was something that was said to me not long ago. <laughs> and it at first frustrated the bejeebers out of me. They said, you wrote this script. You can change it. You can rewrite it. And I think the reason why it frustrated me was because in, on top of everything else that I am doing right now, and that's doing, now I have to rewrite my script. And I suppose that I could rewrite it so I didn't have to do all of these other things that I think are so important. <laughs> but is is that part of the a part of the challenge that we face is that, first of all, we don't even recognize that we wrote the script. And then second of all, 
We also don't recognize that we wrote it and that it's not in it's not in ink or in concrete and we can rewrite it anytime we want. Uh, absolutely. When we came into this journey, we again we enrolled our soul family to teach a certain lesson. And part of the journey is to wake up to what we're here to learn and who we truly are. And in that awakening, then we can begin to rewrite the story. In the embodiment, we can begin to be the next version of ourselves that doesn't have to go through all of that, all of those challenges. And in the mastery, in the mastery, we are fulfilled, right? We are expressing our happiness and joy, and we're seeing the world in a very blissful uh, place. We're living, you know, we're living in our heaven and earth, in our mastery. Hmm. It is it is an interesting, shall we say, phenomenon. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, working for a Christian radio station, the last thing that I observed, this is my observations, folks. The last thing I observed was that none of these people with this particular philosophy wanted to take responsibility for their lives. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought, wait a minute. So what's the point of free will? If bad things happen to you, it's the devil. Good things happen to you, it's God. Then I'm just a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces I don't understand. And there's something inside of me that says, uh-uh, that doesn't make sense. And would you say that we're not being manipulated, but are there forces that are how do I put this, that are sort of at work to undermine us? Or is that just us working to undermine self? Yeah, so the so we have free will. So we are creator beings. We have free will. And part of that free will is the choices that we make. Uh, however, there's also responsibility in that, in in. To your point, oftentimes we don't realize that we're not being responsible uh, for what we're creating. And then when we realize that we are, you know, that we can take responsibility, uh, then that actually sort of changes the game that we've been playing. And because when we're not changing responsibility, we're sort of at the effect. We're victims of what's happening around us. Then we are like puppets. We're just kind of being, you know, bombarded with different things and overwhelmed by different things. When we start taking responsibility for who we are and the choices that we make, then we start moving into creator. We start moving into, I am responsible for what just happened, or I am responsible for my life. And this is not the choice that I want to make, or this is not the choice that I, that works for me. So we start making different choices that are more in alignment with who we are. And in, in that, we also move into our power. And when we move into our power, then there's less things bombarding us that create overwhelm so that's the first part of your question the second part are there other forces out there that are uh, manipulating well there are other forces that are influencing manipulating distorting deceiving who we are especially when we're vulnerable and the vulnerability is when we're not aware that we are powerful when we're not aware that we're powerful beings of light and that we are infinite and really that nothing can destroy us uh, or our life nothing can dimin diminish, diminish our light, then when we move into that knowing and awareness, then we ourselves begin to release 
because we start moving into the light. We start embracing that light. We start uh, igniting and amplifying the light within us. So all that darkness that was influencing us, the, the entities, the attachments, um, the lower vibrational beings, uh, other light forms, lower light forms that were attached to our field, that were manipulating, influencing, deceiving, uh, and using us, then they, they can't no longer grip onto us because our light is so much brighter because we're moving into our power, moving into our authority, moving into sovereignty. Now, part, part of our, sorry, part of our journey is to come to that place of ownership and power. And part of that, so instance, for me, since the beginning, I was able to see darkness, um, entities, and, um, demons, uh, different forms that were not of the light. And part of my role was to help free souls from those type of energies, spiritual interferences. So sometimes we come in with contracts to help others. Sometimes we come in with contracts where we, where those interferences come in with us to this lifetime. But this is the lifetime that we're choosing to be free from that. This is the lifetime that we're choosing to awaken so that we can be free from that. And when we make that choice of freedom and sovereignty is again, when we begin to reclaim our power and we no longer are puppets, mm. we are mighty creators. But in that light, and this is only my observation from what I've read and what I've experienced and the people that I have interviewed and talked with over the many years that I have been intrigued and interested in the more metaphysical and spiritual aspects of life. Um, even from the ancient wisdom teachings, including the Bible, what I read is that this material world and all that it contains philosophically and otherwise is all irrelevant to the oneness that we are working towards, that we came from, which uh, some years ago I used to go, then why the heck are we here? What is the point of all this? And that that's not what we want to talk about. But I want to talk about the aspect of the fact that when we get to a place where we understand, and I don't know that I fully grok this, but there is no duality. There is only oneness. And that the things that are going on around us, they just, they're just what happens. It's like if you look out into the cosmos and you see asteroids flying all over the place and supernovas exploding and black holes sucking in this and that there's no judgment there the mm -hmm. universe the, the the galaxy if you will is just doing what the galaxy does and the same thing on the micro or subatomic or subatomic levels cells and atoms and nuclei nucleus and and uh, protons electrons and neutrons they're just doing what they do there's no judgment there. But when we're here, where you and I are talking in this physical world, oh my God, the judgment, you know, you couldn't sell enough to get rid of it if, if it were for sale, you know. So when when we get to that point where we can say there is no judgment, there is no duality. I should, let me rephrase that. There is no duality. Yes, the sun rises and sunsets, but that's just what happens. It's not good or bad. It's just what happens. Mm -hmm. Does that, from your perspective, do you think that if one can grasp that, and it takes a long time, probably, maybe some can do it in an instant, 
that they free themselves to know, not just be aware of, but actually know that they know that they know mm-hmm. what their life's purpose is, what is essential in terms of what they need and or want to be doing in this life for that highest good of self and others, understanding that there is no individuality, not in the context of the way we perceive it, uh, but that we're, we're all connected. We affect one another, you know, we touch one another and, and, and the list goes on. And because we're all part of, it's like we're all little holograms of the great God, if you will, the great mm-hmm. divine. Yeah, that's um, a very good um, observation. And that's part of what the level of consciousness are, meaning that we go into the awareness, we go into the awakening, we go into the embodiment. And what be- we begin to do is observe. We, instead of thinking, or instead of feeling that happened to me, what would that happen to me? Or I can't believe that happened to me, or I can't believe they did this to me. We look at an event as just an event. And the mastery comes from how am I relating to that event? Am I relating from a victim? Am I relating from a worthiness? Am I relating from a from uh, feeling not enough? Because that's how we create the judgment, right? That's how the judgment is created. We judge that event and we judge ourselves and we judge others in relationship to that event. But if we look at it as that's was an experience or an event in my life, And the learning comes from how can I see that differently? How can I see that from a powerful place versus from victim? Mm -hmm. And when we begin to move into what do I get to learn from that? And we integrate that, then we're moving away from the judgment. We're moving away from the victim. We're moving into creator and into our divine power. Mm -hmm. So then life doesn't seem so hard. And then we're not in the suffering because now we're not choosing to suffer. Yeah. Because we're not choosing to see it from the judgment or from the pain or from the suffering. We're choosing to see it from what can I learn? Yeah. What was I doing that I can share with myself? For instance, let's say that, <laughs> uh, like, let's say that, you know, we there was a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And we look back and we're like, I failed at a divorce. Um, I, you know, I wasn't good enough or they rejected me. They left me. That's a lot of judgment that we're placing on ourselves. But what if we decided to, okay, that was the completion of our time together. What can I learn from that? I gave my power away. So I learned that from this point forward, I'm not giving my power away. Or I learned that I wasn't showing up 100%. So in the next relationship, I would show up 100%. Or I learned that uh, I didn't value myself. So now I'm going to value myself. So if we look at it from that point of view, then there are just series of events that happen in our life that we can learn from and observe and integrate new lessons and then continue our path that way. And that's the evolution that we're going. That's the awakening. That's how we're moving into our mastery. We're, we we move from being at the effect of everything that happens around us to I get to decide the life that I want to live. I get to decide how I want to wake up in the morning every single day as creator being, as, as joy and as happiness, as fulfilled, as blissful, as abundant, as gratitude. We get to decide that. And in that decision, we are now embodying and we're now living in the mastery of who we are and who we came here to be. I suppose one of the most difficult concepts for some folks to grasp is what you're talking about. Mm 
from the standpoint of some of these horrific events that have taken place uh, in our time and even slightly before our time. And I'm only thinking of two in particular. Uh, one of them, of course, is World War II and the Holocaust. The second was, of course, here in this country, 9-11 and the uh, downing of the two uh, uh, twin towers of the World Trade Center. And to put what we have just been talking about, overlaying that over the top of these two particular events, to some would be sacrilege, saying, how could you possibly believe that these people made choices and that this was all on them and not on that guy over there or that guy over there who perpetrated all of this? Mm -hmm because they're still living in that phase of victimhood. And again, I'm not passing judgment and I'm not saying that, that, you know, I'm putting, I'm not putting this on anybody. I'm just asking the question um, of individuals who may feel that way because they had a loved one there. I mean, my God, I lost, I didn't lose my, any relatives in, on 9-11. Don't get me wrong. I lost my father just this past March. Mm -hmm. I lost my eldest sister. And we say lost. They're not lost. Uh, they they just they wanted to leave. They were ready to go. My father left on March 1st this year. My sister left on the 29th of March last year. My best friend of 53 years left this past May 1st. And the list goes on. We all have this list. Those were their choices. And I'm grateful that my friend and I, my best friend, I call him Smokey. His name is Doug. We had such a great friendship over the 53 years. Every time I think about him and think I just want to cry, I just start laughing because we just had so much fun in our life. Um, and I can even look at my father the same way. How do we, is there a way that we can impart this information about how, um, I can appreciate the feelings you're having over your what you perceive as your loss and the reality is, or is this something that we even need to go down this road? Mm -hmm. That's a, a very good question. It's also very, a very sensitive question, right? Again, mm -hmm. um, when, when we're dealing with grief, um, we're not, and, and when we're talking about the choices that were made, we're not taking responsibility for away from others. You know, we're not saying it wasn't their fault. Really what we're doing, we're just taking our own responsibility. We're becoming responsible for what we're creating and the participation in our own life. And when it comes to completion, because when we leave, I, I see that as completion. That's what we chose to do you know, this is through my work and this is through connecting with many souls that have pets. We choose to come in and complete and in, in part of being here and part of being part of soul families with different people, we also teach them different things. In some cases, we teach them how to deal with grief, how to, um, mm -hmm. how to forgive themselves. Uh, how to find happiness again. We're here for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we can, you know, when we can see that for ourselves, 
then we can start to heal from the grief. We can, we can start to heal from the loss and we, we can start living again. Uh, oftentimes we do stay stuck in, in that place. Um, oftentimes when I'm working with somebody that just lost somebody, we invite that person to come in. We invite the person that they lost to come in so that they can have a conversation with their loved one and then experience that completion for themselves. I know in the question that you asked, um, that's not possible at the moment, but really what we're saying is that we came here for a reason and a purpose, and we are responsible for what we're creating. Mm -hmm. So everyone else, whatever, whatever role they play, whether they play the perpetrator or the persecutor or the victim, whatever role, we chose that in this, you know, in this game we call life. And we also chose when to complete. It may it may often feel like it was a tragic accident or unexpected timely death. But at the soul level, we chose to complete at a certain time. However that looks like is however that looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, our goal really uh, is to find peace with that. Because when we hold on to the grief and when we hold on to our loved ones, then we are actually holding on to them being here. We're not really allowing them to move on because we're not really focusing on them. We're actually focusing on our own loss. We're focusing on us instead of their uh, completion and finding peace and mm. uh, finding that space, you know, going into the interlife to get ready for the next level of their journey. Well, my mom, my father almost made it to 92 years of age. I, I think he probably completed as did my sister and they were here and we wrote the script with each one of these individuals in our lives and they were here to teach us certain lessons that we agreed to when we signed that contract, if you will, way back when, <laughs> before we came into this world, right? And that contract also is not written in stone either. That contract, can it not be amended anytime we want? Oh, absolutely. We actually complete contracts almost every day. We can, we, you know, again, we have free will. Mm -hmm. If something is not working for us and it's not in alignment with our soul, it's not in alignment with our highest good and the highest good of, of, of all, we can change that. We can take a contract and complete it, void it, cancel it out, or we can rewrite a new contract, a new agreement. Mm -hmm. So the, yes, all of that is part of our divine right. And you have been learning about all of these different aspects. Are you connected also with the Akashic Records? I am. And do you connect with the uh, records on behalf of others? Is this also part of the work that you do with others to help them to find their fulfilled life? Um, absolutely. So when we're working with the Akashic Records, we open up the library for the individual and to gather information, guidance, um, to retrieve knowledge of previous lifetimes. So that's one way of accessing uh, their ancient wisdom. The other the other way is accessing their past lives directly. So we can open up different uh, past lives, gather information from there and bring it forth or other timelines that are either where they're fully expressed so they can learn lessons or integrate activations from other lifetimes or wisdom from other lifetimes and timelines. Hmm. 
And of course, uh, the, the library card, metaphorically speaking, it's basically your soul. That's just, you know, it's just who you are. Um, and that raises one other question before we wrap up this segment here. Pardon me. Um, it has been said that we are uh, moving towards, as you talked about the awakening, uh, an understanding of who we are. Yet one of my guests said, well, that's not entirely true. The truth is we are trying to understand who we have always been. Mm -hmm. Who have we always been in your understanding? Well, I've said it a couple of times. We are creation. We are creation. <laughs> we are light. And that's, you know, it's really the same thing. It's the same phrase just said in a different way or the same statement in a different way. We are discovering our truth and our truth is who we've always been. We have always been creation. We we're created from source. We are the extension reflection of source, God, universe. We are created, you know, God's image. We are uh, same particles of the universe. So we are learning who we are and then uncovering the gifts of who we are, who we've always been. We're talking with Maria Mar uh, Martinez and uh, the work that she is doing through her website, 360prosperity.com. We certainly hope that you will uh, go to her website, found out, find out more about the work that she is doing. I, it is amazing the areas uh, uh, that you are involved in, that you've incorporated into the work you're doing, whether it's DNA repair and activation, past life healing, uh, entity, virus, bacteria, yeast, fungi, um, parasites. Uh, what is this? Uh, draconian Anunnaki. Anunnaki? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, arcane AI. That's another subject that we won't get into, but Ben, I'm not afraid in the least because it's to me, AI is nothing more. It's just part of this material world and it is either going to do what it's going to do or it's not. And I don't care. You know, I, it may or may not affect me. I have no idea. Also a nanotechnology, synthetics, uh, spiritual soul clearing uh, from the multidimensional bodies, galactic healing chambers, as well as multidimensional bodies, re bodies repair, awakening and reintegration inner child healing, which actually I have to say that goes back like to the 1980s. Um, and, and we were in the victimhood then. And I went through several programs through the eighties and nineties, and we moved from there to codependency to finally reaching interdependency. And then in 2015, victimhood raised its ugly head and I'm going, I'm not playing this game again. Sorry. You know, you say that it was they did this to us. I said, no, they didn't do anything to us. We did this to ourselves. OK, whatever this is. Um, also, quantum timeline leaping, um, uh, hypnotherapy, light language. Oh, I could go on. This list goes on for quite a while. Witchcraft, uh, hexes, curses, healing uh, and clearing uh, and releasing and on and on and on and so much more as as it says here uh fascinating the the incredible areas that you are you are uh, involved in and have have incorporated into the work that you do and we're so grateful that you have joined us here on tell me your story i'm richard dugan and we're here with uh, maria martinez and maria i want to ask you um three final questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of a program, at the end of a podcast or video cast, 
But before I do, first of all, I want to thank you for giving us so much time here on the program. To me, this has been fascinating. Uh, I've learned quite a bit here in, in, in this context and putting more of my puzzle pieces together to have a better understanding of who I am. And I thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays at 9 a.m., where we are streaming at those times live at eight at uh, richarddugan.com. We have podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. And as far as the podcasts are concerned, uh, the current analytics that are showing uh, how many people have listened or how many listens there have been since January 1 of 2018, we are now at 99,700. Now, I know I tell you the numbers don't mean a thing. And if they didn't mean anything, why would I keep talking about them? I don't know what they mean. All I'm saying is thank you for listening. And I'm glad that more people are listening. So, uh, you know, click notification so that the next conversation I post, you'll be notified and you can listen to that one. Also, if you can support the work that we're doing financially, we would be so gratefully appreciative. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And during this decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, we certainly ask that you spend some time going within and listening to that still small voice, which we did touch upon here on this program. And uh, we hope that you will do that. At, uh, I've been doing it for years. Uh, it's gotten, if you will, uh, metaphorically speaking or euphemistically speaking, it's gotten a little easier uh, every time I listen and follow the promptings. Uh, but every once in a while, it'll throw a curveball. And no, I don't want to do that, but uh, maybe I should. It wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so if you can listen to and follow the promptings. And with that, we go to our final three questions for our guest, very special guest. And the first of those three is who is Maria Martinez? I am um, a mom. Uh, I am a podcaster, a healer. Um, I am a speaker and author. And I am somebody who likes to have fun every day and just go with the flow every day, uh, serve in the best way possible and enjoy life to its fullest. What is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to help others see their greatness and embody, find within them their gifts, their unique, divine uniqueness, and allow that to be expressed so that they can fully live their lives in the in the way that they're it's they're meant to. And finally, what was your best day? Uh, that's a hard one because my the days um so two days of great gratitude and joy were at the birth of my children. So for me, you know those were the best days of my life. It's just that next level of me and being responsible for other human beings in, in that sense and to be a platform as well as, you know, a facilitator for them for their greatness. 
Well, once again, Maria, thank you again for joining us here on the program. We greatly appreciate the time and energy and uh, the work that you are doing. And we certainly hope people will go to 360 or 360prosperity.com to find out more about the work that you are doing. And uh, again, I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world where we are, yes, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, video cast, love to lol, Jeanette, I'm still listening. Dad, continue to be happy. And Smokey, I'll see you on the other side.